to total career success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. The mission of this radio show is to enable every listener to achieve their career aspirations and advance their careers to achieve their potential and meet their financial goals. Now, here are your hosts, Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Welcome, Cheryl Dawson here, and today we're with Katie Brewer. She's Senior Policy Analyst for the American Nurses Association, and we'll be talking about nursing and the future of health care. And um, I just want to greet all of you and welcome you to the show. Uh, healthcare is an industry that touches um, every community and every individual's life. One of the most important aspects of the quality of healthcare is, of course, nursing. And nurses are essential to the industry. And, and today's guest is going to share with us some insight into the nursing as a career uh, and also as the impact on healthcare in general. Whether you're personally interested in healthcare as a career, stay tuned for an interesting program on the incredible diversity of nursing opportunities and how nurses affect the quality of our healthcare and lives. Well, but before we begin, I just want to remind everyone that we've created for you seven free videos to help you get a better job, better life, and better pay. To access these free videos, simply go to www.betterjobbetterlife.com. Now, to introduce our guest for today, Katie Brewer serves as the Senior Policy Analyst for the American Nurses Association, providing expert analysis in nursing and public health. Her areas of focus are disaster preparedness and response, immunizations, uh, population health, and nurse staffing. She also assists in the development and revision of standards of nursing practice. Prior to joining the association, Katie held positions in public health nursing involved in immunization and newborn home visiting programs, as well as risk communication and emergency planning and response. She has multiple degrees, including a BSN from Columbia University and MSN from the University of Virginia. Welcome, Katie. Hi, Cheryl. That was a mouthful to tell about all those special fields that you're in. We're going to be talking about those a little bit. I'm sure you can pronounce them better. Than I. <laughs> um, and if no. nothing else, it shows you the, the breadth of stuff that nurses do or all the places they're in. Yeah, indeed. It's, uh, I learned a lot just by preparing for the show. Tell us a little bit what led you into the career of nursing and your involvement uh, with the association. Sure. Um, actually, I uh, my first degree was Bachelor's of Arts in Journalism. And uh, during my schooling, I came to a point where I decided that as much as I love journalism because I love to write and I love to, uh, to teach people about things, I felt that I needed some kind of profession that touched me in a little more sense with, with humanity. And I've always been fascinated by nursing and fascinated by healthcare. Um, like many nurses, I, uh, I have family that, that were nurses and really admired what they did and, and how their careers were both so diverse but also so able to connect with people in such a very, very fundamental, intimate way. So I decided to uh, finish out my, my degree in journalism but then go right into a nursing program. That's actually a, a kind of a common thing now is to have these um, fast-track programs where people that have a bachelor's degree in another field can go through a very quick uh, bachelor's of nursing program by just taking those core nursing classes instead of having to, um, since they've already completed all of those um, liberal arts and general studies classes. And 
I worked in a hospital setting very briefly, but um, found that I was more interested in uh, community health, population health, public health, because you're doing a little more of um, an overall analysis of how healthy a community is, as well as doing a lot more one-on-one -on -one teaching with communities, with families, and with individuals. So I went to work at the Arlington County, uh, Virginia Health Department, and that's where I became um, very much invested with maternal child health, with working with moms and new babies, as well as immunizations. Absolutely. And um, yeah. in terms of my coming to the association, I actually um, was a uh, graduate student intern here during my master's degree courses, and I just fell in love with the work the association does and decided to come work here after I finished. So I'm very fortunate to have, uh, to have found this position and to be, to be part of the ANA. Excellent. Well, with the incredible threats that we face uh, in our world today in terms of natural disasters and terrorism, it seems to be on the news uh, almost every day now, uh, how does the nursing uh, profession play a role in preparedness and response? Mm -hmm. Well, as you said in your intro, nurses are fundamental to the healthcare system, and the healthcare system is fundamental to any kind of emergency response, whether it's a local small emergency or something of drastic national scale. Um, like what the tragic events in um, in Japan are showing us. So nurses have a uh, a role, certainly, in planning for emergency preparedness from the facility level where they work or where they're employed, as well as in their communities, uh, knowing what the plans are in terms of how a community or how a particular facility, especially a hospital, will respond. And nurses sometimes have roles in those plans that they're not even aware of. So it's important for nurses to know what their roles are, as well as being involved in that planning process to make sure that they are adequately contributing, as well as doing something that they feel comfortable with. Um, a lot of times in emergency responses, we do ask people to do something a little bit differently than what they're used to, but we don't want people to be in a situation where they're absolutely not comfortable or are uh, outside of the scope of practice in doing what they're asked to do. Those are, are very key things for nurses, um, and they will have a role in, in as I said, in, in any kind of response, large or small. So how does that, how is that, um, how are they educated in that? I mean, they have some schooling, but then when they get to their place of work, there's uh, generally plans that are reviewed and how, how do you usually see that play out in preparation? It's being woven more into the nursing curriculum than even it was when I went to school about 10 years ago. Uh, it, I think the events of 9-11 really, really shone a hot spotlight on the importance of this um, as a preparedness effort for everybody, not just healthcare professionals, but healthcare professionals especially um, saw this as a very important part of their work and started to weave more of this curriculum into the things that they learn while they're in school. Excellent. I think some of the problem is it's sort of um, our, our nature is that when we don't have these events happening all the time, we sometimes kind of forget about them or they drop off the radar or the plan kind of sits on a shelf and gets dusty and no one really gets it out to relook at it. So our job as an association is to educate nurses, especially about their roles, but also to advocate for better emergency planning for communities and for hospitals and other facilities. Yeah, well, it's certainly well needed. What is the current challenge in terms of immunization in the U.S.? And maybe compare that with the world, as you are aware. 
Well, immunization has tended to be a victim of its own success. Uh, we have done such a good job of developing vaccines to practically eradicate diseases like polio and measles and things that one generation ago were major threats to, to children and to communities. But because we've done such a good job of eliminating these diseases, they don't seem as frightening to people and they're not they don't have that sense of importance of value in immunizations. And we've seen a lot of people cling more to myths and other kinds of fears around vaccines causing more damage than the actual diseases. And we've seen some erosion in the trust of vaccines. Our job is, is also to, to keep educating people about the safety, the importance of vaccines, and, and the great things that they do to maintain good public health and a good infrastructure. Um, that, unfortunately, a lot of countries around the world still have these, these diseases and are still very much burdened by them, and they're still very, very real for families that are at risk of losing a child to, to some kind of um, vaccine-preventable disease like meningitis or polio. So it's just a constant education. <laughs> um, but luckily, I think we still maintain very high immunization rates in this country, and people do trust their healthcare providers to give them information that's accurate and scientific, and they do trust the vaccines. It's, but it's, it is problematic that we've seen more and more people um, become more afraid of vaccines than they are the actual diseases. It's interesting. Tell us a little bit about the vision and mission of the American Nurses Association. We uh, we represent all 3.1 register, million registered nurses in this country. Um, and while a lot of um, specialty organizations in nursing deal with more of the clinical aspects of nursing, ANA is the voice of nursing on the national level. Um, we do participate in um, advocating for nursing on, on legislative issues, on the Capitol Hill, um, in the regulatory agencies, as well as being a part of national coalitions that help to advance issues and causes that affect um, communities and, and people that receive health care. We also are the uh, pinnacle of nursing practice, so we actually are the association that houses the Code of Ethics for Nurses. Um, this Code of Ethics is one of the most important documents in nursing, and it's really what sets nursing as a profession apart from some other healthcare-related uh, jobs or tasks. We also um, put out what's called the Scope and Standards of Nursing Practice and the Social Policy Statement, and these are the statements to the public as well as to the profession about how the profession carries itself, what standards nurses are expected to meet, and what the connection is with people and how we ensure that people can trust nurses to be with them at their most intimate moments and to be uh, helpful to them in good times or bad of their health. Well, it's, uh, it's a very important organization. I was interested in the numbers. We just have a minute here, uh, Katie, to break. But uh, tell us a little bit of, of um, the nurses that make up your organization. We have nurses in um, every state and territory um, that are from every different setting, every different educational level, every different role that you can imagine. Um, nursing is probably one of the most diverse professions <laughs> that there is. So we have people that do everything from bedside hospital care to uh, leading major healthcare corporations and health systems. So our members are in very different geographical areas, different different healthcare settings, they do very different things. 
um, and we work do our best to make sure that we represent everything that those people want from us. Excellent. Well, I can certainly appreciate that there, there's lots of different opportunities, and we're going to be talking about more, yes. more about that in uh, later segments. But we're going to take a short break now, and stay tuned for some more insight into nursing as a career and as it affects our health care. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to betterjobbetterlife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to betterjobbetterlife.com. That's betterjobbetterlife.com. Healing occurs from the inside out. To awaken and activate the body's healing mechanisms, your emotions and thought patterns must be addressed and aligned with your truth. These concepts are discussed in detail on The Light Within, Awakening the Inner Healer, with host Joan Jacobs. We'll introduce you to a new way to interpret and address your body's language of symptoms and how to turn disease into a platform of profound personal growth. Tune in to The Light Within, live every Saturday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Get your weekly wake-up call for the oblivious. Tune in every week for Rant and Rave Radio with your hosts, Nathan Jetstream Jet and Mike Hardcore Elmore. Nothing is off our table. In fact, there's more on it than we care to talk about. It's a common-sense perspective on the people and happenings going on around us every single day. Leave it to Mike and Nathan to educate you on politics and society. Tune in to Rant and Rave Radio every Thursday night at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please send an email to tcsonair at totalcareersuccess.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Cheryl Dawson here with Katie Brewer, Senior Policy Analyst for the American Nurses Association. And, Katie, it's just uh, an incredible field. Um, and uh, with all that's going on in healthcare right now, it seems like that's front page news as well. How has the uh, recession impacted, um, you know, we, the nurses' shortage? Has that made it? Is it helped? Is it hindered? What kind of what's the status of that? Uh, healthcare was one of the only industries that actually grew uh, during the um, the major recession that we are slowly but surely coming out of, I believe. And 
what happened with that was we had this false sense of security that the nursing shortage had abated. What our research is telling us is that while there is less jobs available, not necessarily available, there is less um, major, major need for nurses, is we have this phenomenon where a lot of nurses uh, put off their retirement, as many people did, because of the um, dramatic decreases that they saw in their retirement funds that were tied to the stock market, as well as some um, financial realities that people were in need of um, a little boost in their income and needed to stay working a couple of years longer than they had anticipated. Um, the average age of registered nurses is about 47 years, so we do have a quite a bit of nurses that are close, if not at, retirement age. And so that has given us a little bit of a sense of um, that there were less people leaving the profession than we normally thought would be at this, at this point. The other thing that happened is about mm, mid-90%, if not more, of nurses are women. And so a lot of the job losses that we saw in the recession were um, fields that mostly were uh, employed that fields that mostly men were working in. So because uh, the women in the family may have been a nurse, she may have had to stay in her job or pick up more hours or move from part-time to full-time to support her family uh, while her husband was, um, or her, her male part, uh, companion was, was trying to, to find another job. So what we think is going to happen is as the economy continues to get better and people can start retiring or can move back to part-time or stop working altogether, we're going to have a huge, huge number of, of jobs that will need to be filled by, by people waiting, um, people in the nursing profession. So what is the, uh, some of the strategies that are being thought about to, um, to fill that gap? We've done a really good job of encouraging people to go into nursing. Um, what we're finding now is that actually we don't have enough faculty positions to actually accommodate all of these people. Um, we do have um, a lot of nursing schools that tell us that they have waiting lists of people that are interested in nursing that are going to go into it as a career and are, um, are ready to, to take over that home of when we have this, this, this huge gap. We don't know that it will be quite enough. We still think that there's going to be a shortage of nursing. Um, the other part of this, of this phenomena is that we will have all of these Americans reaching um, uh, retirement age. Um, the you know, baby boomers, as they call them, will, will come of age at this time. And so there will be uh, a huge, huge uh, burden on, not burden, that's a, not a nice word, but the, the health care system will be very important to these people, and they may require more health uh, care needs than, than otherwise uh, younger segments of the, the population will. So there will be stress on the health care system at the same time we have all of these people retiring or, or deciding to, to leave their jobs. So we, we're hopeful that we have enough people in the pipeline to fill those positions, but there's certainly no, no absolute certainty around that. So well, there really are um, some strategies that, that still need to be worked on, I guess. One of the obvious ones that comes to me, uh, Katie, would be uh, wellness, because if, if you help people to maintain their, their wellness and health, then, then you don't have to go see a doctor or a nurse. Right. So what, uh, do you, uh, does the association get, get, association get involved at all in the wellness programs? Absolutely. Um, 
In fact, I think one of the parts about the health care reform conversation that was left out was the major emphasis that a lot of this um, health care programs put on wellness, keeping people healthy, keeping people out of the hospital, and preventing a lot of these expensive um, and unfortunate um, needs of the healthcare system from ever happening. So the association um, certainly has believes that nurses are fundamentally a health part of health promotion and disease prevention. In fact, that's one of the standards of nursing practice that I alluded to earlier that nurses are expected to meet. So we are very much invested in making sure that as the healthcare reform law becomes real for people, that those wellness pieces are are really really made front and center, and that that is how we how we design our healthcare system to put more emphasis on keeping people well so that they don't have to experience some of the more negative parts of healthcare because they're really sick or because they um, or have a, a major chronic condition. Well, I'll certainly vote for that. Well, you see a lot of uh, technology virtually in every industry, and uh, you can see it in healthcare as well when we do have to go in and all these machines always all around. <laughs> And so I'm sure that impacts uh, the nursing education and the actual roles of nurses. Tell us a little bit about uh, how technology is changing the nursing field. Sure. Um, it's In some ways it's good, in some ways it's bad. Um, the good part is certainly that it's streamlined a lot of things. It's helped us to, uh, to make sure that our health records are consistent and that many people that need access to it can, can see that record so you don't have to duplicate tests or services, and it's been helpful in terms of reducing medication errors because we have better systems of making sure that the right medication is getting to the right person at the right time. So those are the ways that it's been beneficial. In some ways, it's been a little negative because of the amount of time and energy that it takes to sort of maintain those systems and be putting all of that good data into those systems has drawn nurses a little bit away from being able to actually sit down and talk to somebody to educate them about their health or their condition or help their family to cope with what's going on. Our association has an expert on um, health information technology that really works on a national level to ensure that technology systems that are designed are designed with the end user, usually a nurse or a physician or another healthcare worker, in mind so that they ensure that those systems work for the healthcare professional and that they're not having to spend so much time trying to figure out the system or in some cases work around it because it's so burdensome and can actually, the technology is actually helpful in terms of saving that person time so that they can spend that time working with somebody on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So, so what I'm hearing is that the nursing um, profession the draw of it in, and, you know, and I think back when I was a child and, you know, I read Nancy Drew books. And <laughs> I don't know if those still exist, but oh, I yes, remember yes. reading them as a child. And of course, I quickly found out that when I uh, collapsed from um, uh, fainting from seeing blood that it probably wasn't the right field for me. But <laughs> the attraction is this of the helpfulness and wanting to help people. Uh, what are the other things as, as people... Uh, consider a nursing career that they should consider that would create a good fit for them? Um, as I said before, nursing probably has one of the most diverse opportunities for people that of any profession that I can think of. 
you can do just about anything, anywhere, with anyone, um, anything from working in a school-based clinic to, as I said, um, running, a, running a major corporation to um, working with quality improvement programs for, for a company like GE to even designing technology systems. So that's the really exciting aspect of nursing. There always is that science and art of caring. That is the fundamental piece of nursing that makes us such a um, such a noble and beautiful profession. But the opportunities to do just about anything from um, working with people who are really, really sick or people who are dying to people that are um, just trying to make the healthcare system work better. It's and really we, an exciting thing to work yeah. with. Uh, I can see the diversity. Well, where are the fastest growing opportunities? I mean, obviously we're talking about a shortage, so you can probably find whatever your niche is, you could probably find it. But where do you see the really greatest demand? Uh, you mentioned the older workers. Does yeah. that create, you know? Yeah, definitely um, there will be aspects of caring for older adults and even geriatric care that will will probably be exponentially growing in the next couple of years as, um, as more Americans um, reach the age of 16 and above, and I, I'm not sure that this is exactly correct, but I think there will be actually more Americans that are over the age of 60 than under. Um, and that's for the first time that's ever happened um, in our society, which is lovely because it means people are living longer longer lives, but we also know that as people get older, they, they tend to have more health issues. And so there will be a great deal of need. Um, and when we talk about geriatric care, we're not just talking about nursing homes. Obviously, people are living longer, but they're also living living fitter and, and better and not necessarily in long-term care. So, but there will be um, certain needs in primary care, in, um, in chronic disease care, like working with people with diabetes or with arthritis or with um, cognitive problems like Alzheimer's. Um, so these are the areas that we see um, definitely where there's going to be a lot of growth. The good thing about that, though, is that, as I said, these people tend to be still pretty well so that it will be kind of a community-based care and people will need care in their homes or in their provider's offices or um, for, a, for a health outreach program. So it's not necessarily the growth is going to be in caring for older people in a hospital or in a nursing home. There will be this, this need for people to understand the needs, the health needs of older adults and work with them in their communities to help keep them well. Uh, there was a, a report by the Institute of Medicine that was uh, recently issued on the future of nursing. Uh, how um, might the recommendation from that report affect nursing careers? Anything else that comes to mind? I think what's exciting about, we call it the IOM for short, um, report is that it is trying to send the message to nurses and to the healthcare system that we have to think outside the walls of the hospital. And that for me personally, um, it's telling us that um, we can be leaders in any kind of healthcare setting and that we can be fundamentally important to keeping our society well. Um, typically, you know, people think you go into nursing, you graduate from nursing school, you get a job in a hospital, and you work there for the next 35 years, but that's, that's not the case anymore. Um, the IOM report does talk a lot about the healthcare reform law and this, this paradigm shift from sick care in hospitals to to well care in communities. And so we see a lot of need for nurses to, to lead, to manage, or to work in community-based healthcare settings, I mean, not just even physicians' offices, but in 
running their own clinics or their own wellness programs or working within um, hospitals to make sure that the community-based part of that of people's care is, is coordinated, is done well, and um, working with all kinds of programs like through um, through people as they leave the hospital and they go back home, you know, working with them to make sure that they stay healthy. I know one example of somebody I know who worked in a, a program that was actually through an athletic club, a, a gym, and she worked with clients that had cardiovascular surgery but made sure that they stayed on their exercise and, well, and diet plans and quit smoking and worked with them through that. So I think the IOM report really is this moment for us to, to kind of turn turn the knob on nursing and to see ourselves in, in a new and exciting way and how we can independently be a part of the healthcare system and independently, not necessarily just by ourselves, we certainly work um, as part of healthcare teams, but we can be more of this independent force into keeping America healthy. Well, we're going to need to take a break now, but when we return, we'll learn more about careers in nursing and the developments that will affect our health care. Stay tuned. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. It's sex education like you've never heard before. Want to improve your love life? You know, that love life. Join sexual wellness expert and certified erotic educator Jaya for Sex with Jaya. She'll bring you cutting-edge techniques to expand your erotic repertoire. Jaya will offer advice and speak with guests who will shed light on everything to do with sex. You can even listen together with that special someone. Sex with Jaya is broadcast live every Friday afternoon at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to betterjobbetterlife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. That's BetterJobBetterLife.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com.
listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please send an email to tcsonair at totalcareersuccess.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Cheryl Dawson here with Katie Brewer, and we're talking about nursing and its impact on our health care. And, Katie, uh, you know, I, I can see all that you're talking about really help it happening out there uh, in community, and uh, the health is just something that's on the news every day and uh, really uh, something that's foremost in our lives. Uh, I go to the club myself, and I I see, uh, you know, having been a member myself for many years, and I look around and see members that have also been there 20, 30 years, <laughs> and they're getting old. <laughs> and I look in the mirror, and I go, do I look that old? <laughs> and, uh, and it's so important in the, the way that um, even our, our coaches, the health coaches there work with the members has to change, you know, because they may have a limp now, you know, or some other health issue, and the way they put a program together has to change. Another another thing that I've seen, um, you know, that from personal experience, uh, I went from a, an insurance program to one of these sharing programs to cover uh, health expenses, uh-huh. and they gave me a coach. You know, I had one area that needed some improvement, and so they gave me a coach to make sure that I would prove it. So we talked about the wellness programs earlier. So I can see that, um, you know, we have to really be creative and innovative uh, with the way we um, manage our health, the way we take responsibility for our own health. And I can see where nursing and the nursing profession can have such an incredible impact on how people view that responsibility. Definitely. Well, uh, when you look at bringing in new people into the field, um, what do you recommend to new um, if individuals looking for a, a career? What should they consider? Uh, how should they look at different educational opportunities? How would you recommend they start to evaluate their, their opportunities in nursing? Um, there's multiple entry points into nursing from an educational level. Um, there's a two-year associate's degree programs. There's the four-year bachelor of science of nursing programs. And now there's even programs where you can uh, start out your schooling and come out at the, the end about um, three to five years and, and come out starting out with a master's. So it's it's really kind of interesting to see all of the entry points. Um, the the American Nurses Association encourages people to choose the Bachelor of Science of Nursing as their entry point. We realize that this is sometimes a, a financial and time-wise an impossibility for people. But truly, the, the BSN, as we call it, is allows you to have more of those opportunities. It's worth it in the long run in terms of, of, of the money and the time that you spend on that program because you just have so many more doors open to you with that BSN. And, in fact, some hospitals now are only even hiring BSN-prepared nurses. Um, Then for those that do hire the uh, two-year associate's degree programs, which many still do, sometimes they pay the BSNs a a little bit of a bonus for having that degree. So it's worth it. We know it takes a little more time, and it's certainly more of a financial burden. But in terms of your career opportunities and and really your your reimbursement, it's definitely um, the advised way to go. Now, when you say reimbursement, uh, what are you meaning by that? 
uh, that, that's why I was talking about the differential. Some hospitals offer a little bit of a higher pay to BSN nurses. Oh, I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, more lucrative mm-hmm. yep. income, income-wise. Yep. Now, I had heard about a payback system. Uh, I guess that's mm-hmm. a, a uh, repayment, a uh-huh. loan repayment program. How does that work, and is that still available? That's interesting because that's actually what I did. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Um, there's a there's a program that the federal government sponsors through uh, the agency called the Healthcare Resources and Services Administration, and that's where if um, you volunteer to go work in a critical shortage area, and these are areas or um, communities identified by the government as being in dire need of healthcare professionals, um, there is a percentage of your loans that will be repaid. Um, and that is acknowledging that you're going to work in an area that is underserved, um, that you're probably not going to get paid the same kind of money as you would working in a, um, uh urban medical uh, teaching facility where you're going to get paid a lot more money. Um, but they're acknowledging that you're giving this service to your community and to your, um, to your fellow Americans so that they're um, allowing you to, to do some of that loan forgiveness by, by offering that service. And that's open to a lot of different health professionals. There's one, the program for physicians. There's one for dentists. I think there's one for veterinarians. I'm just acknowledging that we do have these areas of the country that are, are very much underserved and, and need healthcare professionals to help them. Well, it sounds like a very worthy uh, program. Helps the uh, individuals that really want to get into the field that can't uh, perhaps can't afford it. Exactly. Yeah. And then helping those uh, areas in the country that mm-hmm. that really need need the yeah. support. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the other things I wanted to mention to our listeners, uh, I think it's really important in any career change, um, or, you know, it might be a young person that's looking to get into nursing, or it might be someone who's, who's um, because of um, industry changes, uh, that the path they're on now is, is no longer as viable as it once was, or maybe you're not satisfied any longer with the career you're in, um, that career assessment is really a great way to just, do some validation in terms of what your preferences are, what your behavior uh-huh. preferences are, and, um, you know, what you really fit. And we do a lot of work in that area, Katie. So I just want to mention to our listeners that if you would like a career assessment to help you evaluate whether nursing or some other field is the right one for you, you can go to www.totalcareersuccess.com, uh, check us out there, and uh, and we'll help you with, with that assessment. Uh, Katie, is there any um, special assessment that some of the uh, healthcare schools are providing in order to make sure that people kind of get on the right career path when they uh, enter school? We tend, I mean, you tend to leave that up to the student and where their interests are. Um, there's certainly so many specialties that you could start out in in nursing um, that it's really up to that person to decide what ages they like to work with. Do they like kids? Do they like adults? Do they like older people? Uh, do they like working with, with very sick people? Do they like working with people who are healthy? Um, do they like more of the administrative side of the work, or do they like the more hands-on bedside care? So it is about you know what your preferences are and who you think you can connect best with and what part of the work you think you can connect best with. Um, and I started out, I was very much into pediatrics. I really didn't have a whole lot of interest in adult health, but there I certainly worked with colleagues that had no interest in pediatrics <laughs> and that really wanted to work with adults. So it's really about finding out who you, what 
uh, what population of people you think you can best engage with? And then to learn more about um, nursing, the different fields and opportunities, what, can you guide someone to a site perhaps where they can learn more about that? Um, certainly our website, www.nursingworld.org, gives you sort of a taste of all of the things that nursing does. Um, we do have a career center that kind of has some of these tools that help you figure out what field might be best for you or what specialty might be best or even what what um, type of facility you might be best in, and that's also available on our website. I, I've taken a look at the site, and there's a lot of uh, rich tools and information there, so I encourage uh, those that are interested to check that out. And in terms of those who are already in the field, because I know the association really is for the nurses, those who are already have their certification, yes. right? Um, so for those who are just um, beginning to get their education, uh -huh. beginning to have an interest, is there a student organization that they there can There is. The uh, National Student Nurses Association, I, they're just www.nsna.org. Um, that is the equivalent of the ANA for uh, student nurses. They create policies and positions. They set standards, and they're a very well-respected and uh, powerful organization in terms of, of uh, advising certainly the government as well as other healthcare associations and healthcare systems about the needs of students. Excellent. Well, in Job Search, a total system, we encourage our um, professionals of all backgrounds to be active in their professional associations, uh, both for learning opportunities and keeping current and getting uh, updated certifications and so forth, uh, and also for networking and career development. What does the, uh, the um, American Nurses Association provide to assist job seekers and potential employers? Um, as I said, we have our career center where people actually post jobs and people can connect. Um, we also have a um, social networking site for ANA members only where they can talk about uh, job opportunities that they have open or that they know of or talk about career um, changes, talk about specialties. You know, we have a group that says, well, I'm interested in switching from um, labor and delivery to intensive care. Does anybody have any thoughts about that? So that's a great place for a forum for our members to talk and share stories, share experiences, and advise each other. Excellent. Well, I know you do a lot of educational things. Would you like to share a little bit about your programs? We have um, continuing education. That's one of the most um, important and popular features um, for our members. And we have uh, a CE library that's just chock full of things that um, non-members can, can do as well, although members get, um, get a significant discount on that CE um, because nurses are encouraged to engage in lifelong learning. And in some cases, their license renewal depends on it. So we, we have all of those um, educational opportunities, again, on just about everything you could think of, from immunization to um, to starting an IV. <laughs> right, and the whole whole range uh, therein. Well, how do you get your funding? Is it mostly from the membership, or do you have other sources of funding? Uh, mostly from our membership. Um, we have um, some of our programs are grant funded, um, but we're completely nonprofit, so um, we. We, whatever we make from our revenue, we put right back in to serve our members and the nurses in this country. Mm -hmm. Well, we just have a minute here uh, before the break, uh, Katie. Uh, is there a primary challenge that you see for nurses as they're entering the workforce and anything that you would advise them, um, you know, just uh, so that they'll be engaged and 
keep with your uh, their profession that they've chosen? Sure. Um, unfortunately, we think some of the work environments of nurses, especially in hospitals, can be very emotionally, physically, and uh, uh, mentally challenging to work in. Some environments are better than others, um, and some are more conducive to nursing practice and helping nurses to um, maintain leadership and governance over their practice as well as a little bit of work-life balance. Um, we actually, uh, one of our subsidiaries called the um, uh, American Nurses Credentialing Center, and they have what's called the Magnet Program. And hospitals that attain magnet status have shown that they can um, truly embody what it means to, to respect and to value nursing practice. And so we encourage nurses that are looking for jobs, if possible, to, uh, to work at magnet facilities. Excellent. Well, when we get back for break, we'll have more to cover, so stay tuned. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Ready to get your business started with a flying leap? Tune in to the Startup Business Coach Show with the startup business coach himself, Dr. Dwayne D. Jakes. Dr. Jakes is the author of Top 10 Fail-Proof Ways Startup Businesses Can Succeed in a Floundering Global Economy. At each program, Dr. Jakes and his guest experts will explain the concepts of organizational development and provide examples designed to maximize your ROI. The Startup Business Coach Show broadcasts live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to betterjobbetterlife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to betterjobbetterlife.com. That's betterjobbetterlife.com. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darlings, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please send an email to tcsonair at totalcareersuccess.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Cheryl Dawson here with Katie Brewer, and we're learning an awful lot about nursing that we never knew before, Katie. <laughs> Thank you for being so informative. 
Um, you uh, mentioned a number of organizations associated uh, with um, with your association. Uh, there's another that I learned about um, on your website, the American Academy of Nursing. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Um, AAN, as we call them, um, whenever you're in sort of a, a Washington, D.C. environment or healthcare, uh, anything, you have a lot of acronyms that you have yes, to indeed. keep up with. Alphabet soup. <laughs> Sounds like alphabet soup sometimes. Um, it's really bad when I go to some of these disaster preparedness meetings because the military people are just notorious for that. But anyway, um, AAN is considered the, um, the sort of the think tank of uh, nursing. That's, um, the Academy awards um, fellowships to those nurses that have shown tremendous amounts of, of um, expertise in some kind of research or other practice area. And so the fellows of the Academy are all sort of our, our main thinkers, our, our real innovative and thought-provoking um, um, nurses that can help guide some of the most important things that happen on a national level. Um, the AAN has what's called the Edge Runners Program, and that's a really exciting program that uh, features advanced practice registered nurses that run their own clinics or are running their own programs. Um, there's actually some registered nurses, um, not the advanced practice nurses, and that would be uh, nurse practitioners, clinical nurse specialists, um, nurse midwives, and nurse anesthetists. Um, that run their own their own kinds of programs with a certain population. And so that edge runner program is, is really exciting to look at. I mean, these, these nurses are really doing some amazing things um, and working with communities, a lot of them that are underserved in rural areas or even urban areas of people that would not have access to these types of services if not for these programs. Um, so that's the academy. And um, while I'm thinking of that, I, I can talk a little bit more about those advanced practice roles if you're interested. Absolutely. Sure. Um, so in nursing, we have um, everybody gets a, uh, goes through a program, gets what takes a licensure exam called the NCLEX, and then is awarded um, the, the licensure of a registered nurse. But for others, there is an advanced level of nursing practice where you do a little more uh, diagnosing, prescribing, even um, program development and patient education, uh, a little more along the lines of what a physician typically does. Those roles, there's four of them. There's uh, nurse practitioners, which many people are probably familiar with, um, going to their provider's offices and seeing a nurse practitioner, or going to uh, a clinic like at a CVS pharmacy and being treated there by a nurse practitioner. Um, and they do a lot of the um, those things that I talked about, prescribing, diagnosing, um, and caring for people in a clinic setting. We have clinical nurse specialists, which are um, tend to be more in acute care facilities, but um, do some of those things that nurse practitioners do, but also provide a high level of clinical expertise and education to nursing and nurses and to patients. Um, we have certified nurse midwives that um, do women's care as well as what they're most known for, which is um, delivering babies and caring for women that are going through pregnancy and labor. And then we have the um, certified registered nurse anesthetists that act um, in mostly surgical settings or outpatient surgery settings or even in some kind of uh, pain care management clinics that provide um, anesthesia care, um, putting people to sleep, obviously, for surgery or procedures, but also providing pain management um, providing epidurals for women that are in labor or for people that are in chronic pain and are in need of a more invasive pain control mechanism. 
um, to get an advanced practice registered nurse to be in one of those designations, you, you have to go through a, a master's program. Although we're transitioning more into what's called a doctorate of nursing practice, which is uh, requires more coursework and clinical hours, and awards you a doctorate um, of to serve in the APRN role. We call them APRNs again, the alphabet soup stuff. But um, but at this point, most of most places still only require a master's to be um, to be licensed, and you do have to be licensed um, uh, by your state where you're practicing. And then most places require you to get a certification that says that you have um, uh, attained the expected level of, of competence and expertise in your area. And you mentioned uh, earlier a little bit about uh, earning power when you do get uh -huh. the advanced degrees. How much impact does that make on earning power? Oh, they um, certainly um, command higher salaries. Um, I think the highest paid are usually the nurse anesthetists, although that's a, more of a high-risk kind of practice environment. So um, you, you, there is some drawback in terms of, of your insurance and, and liability and other kinds of things. But, um, but definitely that is um, a higher paid, usually a higher paid role than just a, a general level registered nurse. Not always the case. There's always some registered nurses that are not in those APR roles that um, have obtained a vast amount of clinical expertise and may, may be paid on similar levels. But um, if you're looking for um, a career where you're um, practicing a little more independently, doing a little more of that in-depth healthcare um, service, and are frankly interested in making a little more money than an APRN role may be the best way to go. Excellent. Well, what is the American Nurses Foundation? The um, ANF is the charitable arm of ANA, and um, it does its own fundraising, and it issues grants to nurse researchers that are exploring nurse-specific projects in typically in some kind of <clears throat> community wellness setting. Uh, one of our most notable researchers is somebody at Columbia University who actually was um, integral in, and this sounds like something you wouldn't have to research, but saying that hand washing uh, is one of the most important ways to prevent the spread of illness. Yeah. And her work into hand washing and the use of um, alcohol-based gels has led to some of the um, the very significant guidance put out by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on hand washing. Again, it's it's something that seems surprising that you'd have to do that amount of research, but, but her work has really catapulted the importance of hand washing um, in terms of, of preventing the spread of illness and protecting patients and, and uh, workers. And it seems like they're wanting everybody to wash their hands these days. Yes, <laughs> wash your hands. <laughs> well, now, there's also an international council of nurses. How does that play yes. into the industry? ANA is um, the ICN, is, uh, as we call them, is um, part of the WHO, the World Health Organization, and it's a collective group of, of global associations that represent different countries um, that come together, um, sort of like the UN Council does, and um, provides certain positions on, on global issues in terms of nursing as well as provides a forum for these countries to talk about how to um, stratify resources and to serve the needs of, of countries better. Um, ANA is the official um, U.S. representative to the ICN, and they usually meet every year. They have a, a big meeting every year and then some subsequent smaller meetings 
but they explore some really fascinating things like the differences in regulation and from country to country. Um, they provide um, important feedback in terms of, of how nursing itself can be a, a global force for good and can provide um, resources for everyone in every country on promoting their own health and protecting, uh, protecting the infrastructure. Okay, well, excellent. We've talked a little bit about um, funding through the payback system. Is there any other ways um, people can look into um, uh, scholarships or other types of funding sure. to help them? The Johnson & Johnson uh, company has, um, has an amazing nursing advocacy uh, program that it runs. Um, and it has actually um, a resource center where you can look up different scholarships. Um, there is, like I said, because there's such this need for nursing, there's typically um, a good deal of scholarship money, um, and not just you don't just have to take out loans. There, there's um, little scholarships and big scholarships, but um, but nursing education is actually a lot more affordable than some of the other educational tracks that that are out there today. Now, are some of the actual hospital systems uh, as supporting people through school as well? Some do. We've seen that slow down as a result of the, the Great Recession. Um, but normally hospitals do have some kind of um, tuition assistance program if people are interested in. They have their associate's degree and they want to upgrade to a bachelor's or if they have a bachelor's and they want to get a master's. Um, especially those magnet facilities like I, I talked about earlier that really value the importance of nursing. They, they want nurses that have a higher level of skill and education on their staff, so they're usually um, pretty good tuition uh, reimbursement programs. Some hospitals do have actual loan repayment programs, too, um, although, as I said, that, that tends to be one of, the, um, one of the things during the recession that hospitals cut back on. Well, excellent. You've just given us a wealth of information. I encourage anyone who's interested in the field, be sure to uh, check out that site. And what's the uh, address again, the URL? Sure, it's Katie. nursingworld.org. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you, Katie, for being on the show today. We've really enjoyed the information. And uh, I think everybody has their favorite uh, nurse <laughs> and favorite story about exactly. how um, that nurse made a difference in their in their lives and certainly right. in their health. So. Uh, we admire the the, um, the field, and we encourage everyone out there who has any interest, check it out, because we need you. Yeah, well, we uh, appreciate uh, having you, Katie. Uh, any last word for our listeners? Just uh, know that nurses are here to to help you, to help your communities, and to, to really uh, make our nation one of the most healthy and prosperous in the, in the world. Uh, I'll, I'll vote for that. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thanks again for joining us this week on Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Remember to join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.